Welcome to the Awake Church Podcast. At Awake, our mission is simple. Know God, take action. We pray this podcast will help you on that journey. Colossians 1, 
for it pleased the Father that in Him, in Jesus, all the fullness to dwell, and that by Him to reconcile all things to Himself. By Him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of His cross. And you, who were once alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now He has reconciled in the body of His flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in His sight. If, indeed, you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. It's really interesting here that he's saying that we were alienated, we've been reconciled, we've been restored, but then he says, if you continue, let's circle back, verse 23, if indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel. So if you came here today and maybe it's just you didn't quite revisit your salvation experience or really stop to think, Lord, I know it's communion, yeah, it just puts us right back there. And so we've already had that. This is what you did for me. But again, when we partake of that, it's not just so I can put it out, but that I would live out, I would be grounded in Him. And it's interesting that when that is my goal, and here I was reading, in the book of Revelation, where God had things against the churches, he said to the church of Ephesus, that is against you, you've lost your first love. And so God didn't say you lost your salvation and now you're going to hell. He's really concerned that they weren't living passionately and they weren't in love with him. Um, to the church of Sardis, he says, I know your deeds. That you have a name, that you're alive, but you're dead. So if salvation doesn't mean more to you than just that prayer you prayed when you were nine, then what happens is you could be walking around dead and not know it, and needing time for the Lord to hear that. Or how about the Church of Laodicea? I know your deeds, that you're neither cold nor hot. I'm good that you are cold or hot. You say I'm rich and I have need of nothing, not knowing that you are poor, wretched, Visible, blind, and naked. It's so interesting that their view of themselves was totally different than the view God had of them. And what I've learned in my life is, God, would you show me what I'm not seeing? Because I think it's really easy to get lulled to sleep. And we hear about revival happening so many places around the world. Some have caught national attention, but I've Listen to quiet topics here and there, and it's like, what does that look like in my life? And sometimes we have to stop and say, how do I view my life in God first? What are you doing in God? Where did I sit down? You know, it's interesting because some people I've talked to just say, I give up. Well, you know, there's a difference between giving up and giving in. And I give up usually means I quit something like, you know, gym memberships in January. How many of you have quit them? I quit. I give up. I, I tried that out. Um, or I give in. And that has to do with surrender. That has to do with the same pressure. There's a pressure, but instead of giving up, I yield to something else. And this is where God's calling us. So every one of us walk around with a personal revival of the Lord Jesus and what He did. That's 
it's interesting in First Corinthians 2, Paul was talking about he was determined not to know anything about Jesus. He was like, I come to you in flowery words, but I came to you in demonstration of the Holy Spirit. What if every one of us in here, in our vocations, in our parenting, in our marriages, were determined to know Jesus in such a way that we got the demonstration of God Himself to every facet of our lives? Because that's what we're supposed to do. That's what we're called to. But again, this is not going to happen without my cooperation. It's not just what I wish. It's I position myself. And I feel like what the Lord has asked is, will you have fruit of your salvation? Paul says, there's fruit of my salvation because I'm determined to speak to you with a wisdom that came from God, not man. You know, we really exalt man's wisdom and how people, what they know and how they can spout it up. And yet Paul, who knew so much, he was very educated, he was incredibly smart from what history says. He threw all this, he set all that aside and said, I'm determined to know the wisdom that comes from God and the demonstration of His Spirit. Because he says the wisdom of this world or the wisdom of this age comes to naught. It says, had Satan known, he would not have crucified the King of Glory. Because that was just natural wisdom. He didn't have the kind of wisdom that you and I have access to by walking with God. And that is what I'm talking about today that we want. Um, fruit always matches our belief. We're known by our fruit. A few weeks ago I had talked about that, about being billboards. But I saw something that just really blessed my heart. Luke 6, 33. Because we're supposed to bear fruit of our salvation, I have to stop and say, am I producing fruit, God? Do the people I do life with know that you're alive? Do people that I do life with know that you're alive in me? Because we can say things, but they can see things. And personally, I want them to see fruit more than what I say. So here in Luke it says, For a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. For every tree is known by its own fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they gather grapes from a bramble bush. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth good. An evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Your words are your fruit. It's said that, isn't it? You'll be known by your fruit. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth will speak. That's the first fruit we're showing people if we're saved, if, if we've been recreated in the image of God. So are you surrendering to your kingdom or to his kingdom? Whose domain and rulership is your life under? John 17, 3, Jesus is praying and he says, this is eternal life, that we know him, the only true God. I have been sitting in that scripture for quite some time, that we know him. This is eternal life. So if you were to go back to that salvation experience, whether it was yesterday or whether it was 15 years ago or 50 years ago, how's your fruit bearing from 
monastery. It feels like it's rusty. Feel like I need to revisit you. Need to have an encounter with you in this area or this area. And I feel like unless we practice doing that, there won't be full-on fruit of our salvation being restored to the right image to display, to rise and shine, and let the world know who our God is. You know, it says in Romans 5.12 that those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, which is our salvation, the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through Jesus. So again, go to your private world, your space, your spheres of influence, where you work, where you go to school, the things you take care of. How's your reigning in life going? Do you know reigning isn't that I boss people around or I'm over them? I reign in a position with God that produces such life that everybody who's in life with me benefits. When God gave us the power to reign in life, it was so we would be a blessing everywhere we go. It's so we would have answers and solutions at work that other people who don't know God wouldn't have. When you and I choose to reign in life, then we have this position and place where the Holy Spirit can tell us something, and we can raise our hands in a staff meeting and say, hey, I just really feel this, and everybody benefits from you reigning in life, from me reigning in life. But did you know that just doesn't happen? If you want to compare it to the natural, there is no monarchy that ever has somebody reign that didn't know they were supposed to reign. And I feel like it's our job just to be students. And when it says in Psalms to taste and see that the Lord is good, and I'm going to talk from my experience of walking with the Lord. If I never encounter Him, it's hard for me to see what He wants me to see. And where it says taste and see that He's good, tasting is something we do naturally, right? It's an, it's a, an experience. But seeing is our perspective. And I'm going to suggest that when we're tasting of the Lord, when we're pulling His Word close, or sometimes you guys, you just go have time with Him and you say, God, I don't really want to be here. And I, I don't even want to talk to you about all the things that I don't feel are going right. I mean, it is being honest, and it's going there and giving Him permission to encounter you so He can change what you're seeing. I live by God. I'm not seeing what you're seeing. Would you show me what you see? And every time I get strengthened to continue to stand because He sees something totally different than I'm seeing. But I feel like our feelings get in the way, our circumstances get in the way. And the thing about that is sometimes I want to call my friend Corey and say, Will you pray for me? Because things are going this way, right? And really what she needs to do, and has done, is, but I don't think you really need prayer. I think you need to change what you're believing. That's responsibility. You mean, I have to do something here? It's just not going to go away because you pray. And I feel like God's asking us, will you grow up? And so, let's go to the book of Isaiah. I'll just give a synopsis of 
saying, woe to you. He had this full of woes. Woe to you who call evil good and good evil. Who put darkness for light and light for darkness. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes. You guys, there's a lot of woes in there. Okay? But then chapter 6 is when he has this amazing encounter with the most high God. And all of a sudden, do you know what he says? Woe to me, for I am a man that's undone, that doesn't have clean lips. And this is why I talk about encounter. When you encounter God, you see Him for who He is, and you see you for who you are, and how desperate you are to have time with Him to become who He's called you to be. And that is the privilege. But when I see Isaiah doing this, his name meant Yahweh is salvation. And I don't know if you know this, but he was considered to be the greatest of the writing prophets. And his work as a prophet extended to all 60 years. But he wrote 66 chapters. It's in two sections. 39 chapters, the primary theme is coming judgment. And an anticipated fulfillment of hope. So that's not like the Old Testament to you. The Old Testament has 39 chapters. The whole Bible has 66 chapters, 66 books. So 39 books in the Old Testament. The second um, 27 chapters of Isaiah, compared to the 27 books of the New Testament, Isaiah announces hope that really culminates in Jesus. His kingdom. And what I want to go to is Isaiah 55. And I felt like this is what the Lord said to me. You can't fake devotion. And Isaiah in Isaiah 55, he's asking, Are you thirsty? Everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come and buy and eat. Yes, come by wine and milk, without money and without price. What do you spend money for that is not bread? And your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good, and let your soul delight itself in abundance. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear, and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you. The sure mercies of David. Indeed, I have given him as a witness to the people, a leader and commander for the people. Surely you shall call a nation you do not know, and nations who do not know you shall you shall run to you. Nations who do not know you shall run to you. Because of the Lord your God and the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. It's that with you. Can I have thoughts to cause so many troubles? Let him return to the Lord, and he will have mercy on him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, and make it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower, bread.
it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing that I send it. So here he's saying, are you thirsty, Tom? Anybody? You don't have to have money. Are you thirsty? It reminds me of John 7, 37, when Jesus says, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Do you know that wasn't a one-time thing? And I'm going back to that looking at salvation wrongly if you're going to do your walk wrongly. If salvation was the entryway to this whole life of, I am so thirsty. Have you noticed, if you just ate before you came to church, and say, how many of you guys, how many in here are hungry? And if you had just eaten, you would not raise your hand. But the things of the kingdom, if you're hungry, you don't go eat just when, oh, I miss God. It's the more you say, God, I'm purposely coming to eat from what you have. I'm purposely coming because I'm thirsty. You get more hungry and more thirsty the more you eat and drink in the kingdom. It's opposite of the natural. If you ate right before you came to church, you don't want lasagna as I hand it to you. But in the kingdom, I shouldn't say that some of are hungry. <laughs> but in the kingdom, do you know what I know? Is the more I eat, the hungrier I get. Because the more I eat, the more I thirst, the more I encounter him, the better I see what's possible for him doing in and through me to fulfill his will on the earth. And so this is where everyone, if you're thirsty, come. And it's so important that if we don't see that God has this plan for us, I can tell you something that's gotten in the way of my hunger for the Lord is being too easily satisfied. So I want to ask you, how much is enough for you? Just a good podcast, your favorite creature, the way they deliver it, the topic you want. You're satisfied? Because that's true. I love podcasts. The Lord convicted me this week about podcasts. Want to know what he said? Yes. Don't ever think listening to a podcast is spending time with me. And he gave me this picture. And this picture was, I wanted to have time with Tim. So I made a meal. And not only did Tim come to the table, but the next door neighbor came to the table and talked the entire time about Tim. Told me Tim was awesome, told me all these things about Tim. The meal was over, I got up and left, and the Lord said, how was your time with Tim? He didn't have time with Tim. He was at the table, and I think in this society, we have so much available to please. And maybe that's not something you deal with, but don't equate podcasts as time of God. It's time of learning and growing. There 
Thank you for listening to today's message. For updates on future episodes, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review to let us know how we're doing. For more information about Awake Church, visit awakechurch.com.